Hi everyone and welcome to the Thick Skin Podcast where the most value comes from the most uncomfortable conversations. I'm your host, Espy, and I'm joined with Kayla. Kayla is a plus-size advocate for all shapes, sizes, and genders. She's a firm believer in free sexual expression and wants to reduce stigma surrounding sex. So whether you're plus-size, a plus-size lover, or just plus-size curious, this is the podcast episode for you. In a world that often idolizes one body type, navigating intimacy as a plus-size individual, it could all come with its own set of complexities and misconceptions. And from societal expectations to personal insecurities, the journey towards embracing one's sexuality can be both empowering and challenging. So I'm here with Kayla to talk about it today. So Kayla, do you want to give a short little quick introduction about yourself, maybe your age? Just give us some tidbits about you. Hello, everybody. I'm Kayla. I am a plus-size woman. I am definitely um, the older generation. I am a graduate student at the same school as Espy, and I just, I'm really excited to be here today. I'm very honored to be able to talk with you and this lovely audience who's listening about a lot of the things that we don't see Mm -hmm. when it comes to plus size, especially surrounding sex. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things to consider and a lot of stigmas out there in the world. So thank you for letting me join you today. Yeah, definitely. I feel so lucky to be here with you and like have these uncomfortable conversations because I feel like one of my number one like most asked things, especially on my account, is like sex advice, sex talk, or how to not be afraid of intimacy in bed when you're plus size, when you're bigger bodied, tips on whether that's positions, lingerie, what, how to have that comfortable conversation with your partner and what feels good or what position feels best. So I'm very, very happy that you're totally open to having these uncomfortable conversations. And I definitely just want to get right into it. So are you ready? Absolutely. Alrighty. So of course, first things first, I feel like when you're plus size, it kind of all stems from body image issues, right? So for me growing up, being young, especially in high school, when I would hear about like my friends or other students about their sex life, I was of course plus size and I was like, this to me just sounds so out of reach and not possible because I felt like my self-esteem at the time was so low. So I struggled a lot with body image issues. Me knowing you and how confident you are within yourself and your sexuality, I wanted to ask you how exactly you overcame that and maybe what tips you would give to those that feel the same things you know I once did. I think that the best way to start from the beginning. Yeah. I had my own um, self-esteem issues. I still deal with comparing myself to mainstream. Um, and it is a struggle. Part of it is that journey of learning to love yourself regardless of what size you are and what you can bring to the world. I think one of the biggest things as a plus-size person, but also specifically as a woman, is to stop and realize that our value is not beholden in what we can offer. Mm -hmm. And comparing ourselves to others comes down to, well, can you look like this? Can you be skinny? Can you diet to get there? Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, you know what? I don't owe it to anybody. If I want to go out and get healthy, 
Um, healthy might look like yoga. Healthy might look like meditation. Healthy does not have a number or a size attached to it. We see beautiful plus size models that are doing these upside down yoga poses and are rocking it. We see wonderfully, wonderfully strong females in these weightlifting competitions that are absolutely healthy, but they're outside of the BMI range. I think one of the biggest reasons for overcoming this is not just a plus size, but just in being comfortable in your own skin. We know that eating disorders fall on both sides of the spectrum. We have overweight and then we have underweight. We have a lot of stigmas in life. Um, I think when you stop and look at somebody's attraction for you and you realize oh, they might not like me that much or maybe they're not ready to be intimate because I'm plus size. Well, mm. honey, that partner wouldn't be interested in you if they didn't like the way you looked to begin with. Definitely. So if they're willing to have kisses, if they're willing to hold you and put their arm around your waist, one of the things that we need to think about is, hey, this wouldn't be happening if they didn't find me attractive. And that, I think that it goes a long way. One of the biggest bedroom killers is having that negativity or having self-doubt and being able to say with, oh no, I don't like the way my fat looks. I don't like my cellulite and I'm going to hide and cover it up. But they wouldn't be in that position with you if they actually cared. And I think that's where it comes down to. If your partner is big, if your partner is small, if they're skinny, if they're fat, they wouldn't be there if they didn't find you attractive in the first place. A hundred thousand percent. You have literally took the words right out of my mouth. That's so beautifully said. And I would say that my response always to some DMs I would get in terms of the same exact question is, I promise you, if your partner is with you and you're maybe in this long-term relationship, or even if it's not a long-term relationship and um, if you're a girl or you're a guy and you just want to have a hookup and you guys are both, you know, on board with it. Trust me when I say if someone sees or knows that you're plus size and is like obviously attracted to you and has communicated that there is no absolute no reason for you to feel insecure or feel insecurities in bed because they know that you are plus size and they are attracted to plus size body. I think that also goes for looking at bodies that have hair, that have freckles, that have moles. Mm -hmm. We don't tend to stigmatize those people, but I know that they also have their own insecurities. I think the best thing that we could do as a society is to keep moving towards the more natural bodies and looking at that not top 1%, mm -hmm. um, such as, okay, we're going to get saucy, but such as amateur porn. When you have real people mm -hmm. and real relationships representing real skin with sag and stretch marks and cellulite, or maybe they're really skinny and they have a, a bonier figure, like we start to see what real people look like because media and in our social media only portrays that top percent. How many times, for my audience out there, for the people listening, how many times have you taken 20, 30, 40 photographs to find the one picture that you want to post because it looks your best mm -hmm. and not the picture 
in the moment with that goofy face or that scrunched up nose. And you're like, oh, I look so ugly, but you look human. Mm-hmm. And that's where the stigma comes about. Um, you are human and others are human. And I think let's use the mirror theory where are you going to look at your partner and go, oh, well, he's got chest hair or mm-hmm. that, that, that beard right there is just, mm. mm-hmm. no, you're looking at your partner through the eyes of, hey, this guy is attractive, whether it's a hookup or, hey, I find him attractive because he cares for me, because he took the time to look out for me. I feel secure with this person. And either one of those circumstances, you found them attractive. There's something they find about you attractive. Mm -hmm. And so exactly as you said, they're going to know what they're getting into. But if they're not, what can we do? Well, we can communicate. Oh, that's right. We can communicate. So we can sit down and we can talk about our fears. We could say, hey, look, I'm really interested. I really want to do this, but I do have a few things that I need to let you know. I'm insecure about this, or I'm concerned about that, and hear it out. Um, The biggest thing with communication is you shouldn't be having sex if you can't talk about it. If Mm -hmm. you can't strip down naked and look at each other because you're too embarrassed, then you're not ready to be there yet because it's an adult world, and sex is dirty and messy It's not idealized. We see it on the movies and it's just this, oh no, her eyes fluttered and her little foot kicked out. (laughs) But there's so much more. You have to talk about potential pregnancy. You have to talk about STDs. You have to talk about whether you're comfortable with certain things. And absolutely later on, we can definitely talk about different positions, but at the root of everything is what are you communicating? Hey, let's have this one night stand. Uh, actually, I don't really want to hook up. I actually like you. Like, hearts get hurt and people have feelings. And so if we start to really look at that as humans to another humans and we communicate, it'll make things so much better. And let me tell you from experience, the more secure you are and the more you feel safe and comfortable, the more you can let go when you need that moment and have even better sex. Otherwise... It's not so great. And let me give you guys another tip. I know you're not going to want to hear this, but hookups and one-night stands are actually not ideal for women. Our bodies take a lot of time to warm up. Our brains, we need 80% mental power to be into it. And so in order to have our best experience, we usually need to have sex with a partner two or three times so that they can learn our buttons, we can become comfortable with them, and we know what to expect. So sorry, ladies, uh, but it's not really the ideal situation for you if you're looking for the best good time. Or the greatest experience, right? Right. You're not going to have that one night stand the first time you're with somebody. You're like expecting your virginity to be this beautiful like explosion of fireworks, but more than likely it's not. And more likely, it's not just a female. It's not this explosion. It takes time to get to know yourself with a new partner. So the best advice is to get to know yourself. Yourself. Yeah. Or even with men, like obviously in a one-night stand, 
um, we're not going to completely learn with the man like what exactly he likes best or what he how exactly he wants to be you know pleasured yeah well yes and, and it, that's the communication yeah and it takes time to learn right or of course as a woman like a man has to learn our body, what we like, our preferences. And, like, it's so hard to learn that in one night. And I just want to say, as a woman, everyone is able and valid to have a one-night stand. But to have that best possible experience, as Kayla mentioned, is, of course, taking the time to learn yourself, your body, and having those, you know, that communication with your partner, too. Right. So if you learn yourself, if you, let's use the word, if you masturbate, whether it's with a toy, with just your hands, with... Uh, something that helps you like corn or (laughs) if you are just using your imagination, um, learning yourself first means that when you're with your partner, you can guide them. You can talk to them. But again, if you're too shy to speak, you're not going to have the most ideal situation, the most ideal sex. Again, gentlemen, the same for you. If you're enjoying something, you speak up. You let her know, I prefer when you touch here. I prefer Mm -hmm. if you don't rub here. I prefer uh, the sensation on this side but not the other. Ouch, that was a little too aggressive because, ladies, we can get a little (laughs) excited because we don't know what we're doing. And then some of us do, you know. Especially if you're new at it, too. I feel like we could only read someone's facial expression so much or they're what exactly they're vocalizing absolutely and what if you're scared to vocalize but that's what your partner needs so maybe you say to them hey that's a real turn on when you moan I don't know could you give me a little more feedback maybe you're trying to be really quiet because there's other people so maybe you have to come up with like hand signals like when I touch your cheek and I tap you on your face that means I really like what you're doing But if I tap you on your shoulder, it's like, okay, slow down or stop. That's not as enjoyable. These are little things that maybe we don't know to think about, but it's really important. And that's all communication. I feel like the number one theme and surrounding topic would be like communication and just having that vulnerable conversation with your partner of what you like, what you don't like. uh, If you feel more comfortable with the lights on, off, dim, whatever it is, taking those baby steps to help you feel fully confident in bed. Let's talk about lights then. Let's talk about lights. Okay. So you have feel comfortable with the lights off, but let's examine why. Why do most people, and let's go with women here, why do most women prefer to have the lights off? Is it really a mood or is it because they're not used to exposing their bodies? They're not Mm -hmm. used to looking at themselves completely naked in a mirror and accepting their own body image. Let me tell you, most of your gentlemen love the lights on because they want to see you. They enjoy looking at you. You don't like looking at yourself, but they do. And the opposite could be true. If you don't like the way he looks, then you need to consider whether or not this is the right time or place to be doing this. But having the lights on is a wonderful experience. Now, if you're a bit more shy about it, maybe consider trying a blindfold. You can feel like you're in the dark, but you know you're not. Those are some options. Um, but again, I'm an advocate for safe sex. And so before anything touches anything, you both need to be able to visually inspect. So not just have these tough conversations, which are a bit, dis- you know, they're a bit hard. You can't mm-hmm. stay in that like, 
oh, baby, I love you mood if you're like, okay, when was your last STD check? Can you show me your health records? Mm -hmm. You don't just tell me you're clean. I want proof of it. Do you have a condom? Are you on birth control? So the same thing. You should be able to have lights on to do a visual genital check before anybody touches anything. Then you can set the mood. Then we can turn the lights down how you want to make your partner comfortable. But I'm just going to say the men really do like the lights on because they want to see you ladies. They're visual and your size does not phase them at all. When it comes to the lights on, I think that's a little bit more challenging, especially for me mm-hmm. in my early 20s. I cannot even imagine or picture being intimate with a man with the lights on. Right? <laughs> so it's, for me no, it's pretty scary. I, yeah. It's pretty scary. That's part of staring in the mirror and saying, I love my body. It's an ideal. I'm not advocating that being overweight is healthy, but I am advocating that you should accept yourself on that journey. Mm-hmm. And maybe you can take steps. Maybe you're going to the gym already. Maybe it's just taking forever. Or maybe you have health problems. You have an immune problem. You have something that's holding you back. You still need to love yourself before you get there because if you wait, it's too late. So looking at the mirror and bending over and having those awkward positions, but this is what I really look like. Okay. And this is what he finds attractive. Okay. Getting to know that will then help you. Getting that mirror out. We're taught to self-check our memories. Do we have cancer? Let's check for breast cancer. Get that mirror out and look at that yoni and see what she looks like because he likes the look of that. You may not be bisexual or a lesbian, but you can still look at see what's normal for you because on the other side of that with the health and the positions, you'll know what it looks like when you're sick, what it looks like when it's not right. You'll look at that and go, oh, I don't think we can try this position because this fat roll is going to prevent me from having deep enough penetration or this position is going to squish my belly between my thighs and then I can't breathe properly. Yes, we do have to worry about positions as plus size. Mm -hmm. But I think part of that also comes with our partner. Are you adventurous? Are you flexible? I know some women, myself included, that could put our our legs right up next to our ears. Completely flexible. I know some very thin athletic men who can't even touch their toes when they bend over. Mm -hmm. So it kind of all depends upon your body, their body, and how you want to try things together Research those positions. Do you need to have pictures of other people? Not necessarily. There's lots of websites that have cartoons, that have drawing animations that can show you different positions. And you have to think that penile penetration is not always the way to go. You've got to think about, let's get in the nitty gritty. Let's go back to our anatomy classes. Okay, Mm -hmm. the good old like classes here for your PhDs, Um, your body is the same as his body. In utero, before you are 12 weeks, right around 10 weeks when the hormones kick in, before you turn into male or female, everybody looks the same, exactly the same. So picture in your mind here, everybody's got the two lumps of skin that for us end up being a vulva, And when you look at a male scrotum, that seam that runs down the middle is where it fused together. 
So that external skin on the scrotum is the same external skin as the, uh, as the vulva, as the, the majora, right? The lips on the outside. When you think about the testes are the same as the ovaries. They just descended. So when you look at the clitoris and the skin that's around the clitoris, it's the same as the head and the frenulum on a penis. Well, that same tissue extends internally inside the vagina. So what they're calling the de Graffenberg, right, the G-spot, what it really is, is just an extenuation of that tissue internally, what you see externally. So does that mean penile penetration is enough? For a lot of women, it's not. External stimulation is enough, and for a lot of women, it's not. You have the rubbing of both sides because it's the same as having uh, contact with the head of the penis. They get all the friction in that one spot. Rubbing the shaft, not going to do a whole lot. Just like rubbing the outside of the skin between the labia and the thigh, it's not going to get you anywhere. Like, it's great to start. It's a good mood setter, but you're not going to get off. You're like, that's my thigh. You know, you got to pay attention. <laughs> yes, plus size girls. Well, yeah, it's not as easily seen, right? You don't just look at it because of the thigh gap and you go, yep, that's a labia. Everybody's looks different. Some yonis are innies. Some yonis are outies. Some men swing to the left, some men have a crook. We all come with different genitalia. And so part of that is knowing, again, going back to masturbation, what you like, them knowing what they like, and looking at how you fit together. Maybe your gentleman has quite a long member and he has no problem getting in there. Maybe he's a little on the shorter side and you've got to figure out alternatives Maybe you end up taking a vibrator or a sex toy in the bedroom with you so that if he cannot have full penetration, you can have external stimulation. You have to be open-minded to think what is going to work best for us. And gentlemen, do not, do not be jealous of the bedroom toys because they are great with partners. They are great together. The stigma that you're not enough is very deep, runs very deep in our masculinity. Sometimes even you aren't enough for yourself. Sometimes even during masturbation, you know this, you just can't get where you need to be. And sometimes as women, we can't get to where we need to be. That little bit of extra is amazing because she is experiencing that climax with you. That person of on the other end, the face-to-face -face contact, the chest-to-chest -chest contact, even though there's a toy involved, it's the connection that heightens the experience. Masturbation alone, eh, masturbation together, wow, look at that, that's a little bit more, that's a little more satisfying. It's the emotional relationship that you have with your partner that I feel like is going to give us the best outcome and the best feeling and I guess results in a sense and I know that this may come off as overwhelming or maybe you're like oh my gosh this is so much information thrown at me but even after everything it's so important to remember to have fun and of course have those uncomfortable conversations with your partner or the person that you're going to be intimate with the more uncomfortable the more value comes out of it and i promise that you will not regret having that uncomfortable conversation because it's just going to lead into a very great so let me add on to that. That's a wonderful, I love that sentiment, Espy. Um, consent. Mm -hmm. We love consent, don't we? 
Yep. We love consent. Consent mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Some of those conversations can be had in full clothing. They can be had in text conversations. They're best face-to-face, but we can have these conversations in a way that is very adult and maybe it's about sex, but it's not sexually arousing. And there is such a thing as pre-consent or consent, no consent. What? What, Kayla? What is this like jibber-jabber you're talking about? Well, you talk about things that you're okay with. You discuss things you'd like to try. You both consent to it. And you say, you know what? When I'm feeling like it on a day, I would like with some forewarning or with maybe some special words, right? You got to have your safe words, but made you have an initiating word. And you say, today I'm feeling spicy. And that's your cue of him to initiate those book talks where he puts you up against the wall and he's just like, hey, you're coming home with me because you've already consented. You've already had that difficult conversation outside of a sexually arousing situation. And now you're like, I'm giving you consent today to be non-consensual. Like just whatever within these boundaries, you just do whatever you want and like be in charge, be dominant. Or maybe he tells you he wants you to be dominant today and everything is okay. So maybe that should lead us into lingerie. No, yeah, let's do it. Let's talk lingerie. So for me personally, I am the biggest fan of lingerie. I own maybe two myself. And going back to the topic of kind of like looking yourself in the mirror and, you know, accepting yourself, accepting your body, maybe you include some positive affirmation, some positive self-talk. It's so important like when you look in the mirror and like you're feeling yourself and it's important to not only say those positive affirmations, but it's also important to feel it because sometimes we train ourselves to like, okay, I'm going to take maybe five minutes out of my day to journal and then say some positive affirmations, but don't only say it, but actually take a deep breath and feel what you're saying too. Like, I could sit here and be like, oh, I love myself, but do I actually, like, do I actually feel that love for myself? So just making that time out of your day is super, super important. When it comes to lingerie, sometimes it, of course, can be tricky to find, especially when you're plus size. For me, I found the most cutest lingerie at Lane Bryant. I don't know about you, Kayla, but how was your experience like? I think it's very tricky. I spent several years living in Australia. And I actually had to go to a place that specially made your lingerie. And it was quite expensive because the plus size was just not catered to. And it's not just plus size of 16 and 18. We're talking 22, 24, 26. Mm -hmm. Our ladies, our lovely ladies up to size 30. There's so many larger sizes, especially in Americans' uh, daily lives in America, I should say, that... um, There's not a lot that are being catered to, and yet there are a lot of us that are like that. I think when you look at lingerie, you have to absolutely love yourself. You have to love what you're wearing, and it's a little daunting at first. You're like, that's so cute, and I don't look like the mannequin looked, Mm -hmm. right? It doesn't fit me the same. Like I'm stretching it out in ways that aren't the same, but Mm -hmm. you get dressed for work. You have work clothes. 
You have a uniform that when you put that on, you know exactly what your day is going to go. So why not have that lingerie? And why not try to find places that'll cater to you or consider consider getting something special made so that when you put that lingerie on, it is time to love yourself. It's like changing your shoes for work, Mm -hmm. changing your outfit when you go out to clubbing. You know when you feel your sexiest and you're like, yes, I'm feeling myself. The lingerie can be your physical reminder of, yes, I'm worth it. And does lingerie have to be the, for, the, for the other person? Oh, no. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Your lingerie should always be for you. What makes you feel good? Because when you're in your feels, your partner sees it, and then they're in the feels because of the way you reflect how you shine. No, right. And, like, how we perform, I guess, in bed, like, really is a reflection of how we feel about ourselves, right? So 100%, I agree with that. And I know it is trickier, too, because we see, like, standard plus sizes being, like, 14, 16, or um, 18, 20. But there are those bigger girls out there that are size, you know, like, 20 or size 30, like you said. And it is more difficult to find that lingerie. Or maybe there is options, but they're so limited. So you have no choice but to go to, like, a shop that, you know, you have to get it customized. And it's also daunting to even explore that side of yourself, too. Like, I remember growing up in my undergrad of college at Sac State. Like, it was hard for me to even find that sexy side of myself, like, getting ready for a club. Oh, my gosh. When all of the clothes for plus size all look like grandma. And they all had, like, the flowers and the high collars. And you're just like... Can't I find plus size shirts that are crop tops and bright colors? Can't I wear Care Bears and look cute? Why do I have to look like grandma just because I'm plus size? Right. And it's like even finding maybe that perfect outfit for like a night out at the club. Like sometimes that even could be difficult, let alone lingerie, right? So it took a lot, maybe like a year for me to explore that side of myself to dress up a Saturday night, go to a club, get some drinks. And sometimes I would wear like a top that almost looks like lingerie or I felt good. And then that eventually, of course, led me to exploring that sexy, vulnerable side of myself in terms of like wearing lingerie and going out and buying that without feeling like awkward or nervous or stigmatized. And um, I even went and bought it once with my mom. And my mom was like so supportive and was like, yeah, this looks really good. Like she's always been the greatest supporter of me. But I just want to say it's so important to not feel like nervous or anxious or awkward you know to go and buy some lingerie especially when you're bigger and I I know it can sometimes feel like awkward too even if like you're straight size and you're smaller so sometimes when you're bigger it could be more difficult but please remember that you are worthy to wear that lingerie and you're valued and you're sexy and I hope I hope everyone listening to this feels that way about themselves okay so let's get into the nitty-gritty If you want to talk about sexual positions and really get into stuff that is, quite frankly, it's it's difficult plus size, we need to think about how the bodies fit together. Some people have an apron belly. Some people have a B belly. Some people have the D-shaped belly, right? Everything goes to how, how it all fits together. So let's look at it. When you have your feet up towards your shoulders, You've got to think about how the penetration works. It kind of curves you and it curves you up to where you get more positions or or you're hitting the top spot. When you're, say, face down on all fours, there's usually better access and you can have deeper penetration. 
the best for plus size women is usually to be on top. And instead of going up, down, up, down, you st- sit on your, uh, on your knees and you kind of just think about how you're going to rock back and forth. So as if you were to be on a swing and you're swinging forwards and backwards instead of bobbing up and down, it saves your knees. As plus size, we have to worry about our joints and our mobility. It also saves a little bit of energy. Um, things get going great and you start to feel the increase in rhythm. It also gives you an opportunity to lift up on your knees and let your partner do some work. A little bit of work from below, they can get excited about that. Try in the scissoring position where you've got one leg in front and one leg back, and then your partner comes in from that angle. There's a lot of positions I think that people who are maybe new to sex or are just not experienced outside of what we could say is the vanilla, the one on top, the one on bottom, and that's kind of it. There's all types of positions to start exploring, and there's no shame in it. There's absolutely no shame in finding what works for you and what doesn't. Um, Consider laying on your stomach. If you have less of a booty, but you got more of a belly, consider laying on your stomach and letting your partner be on top of you from behind. That does not necessarily mean it has to be anal. Men, listen, it doesn't have to be anal sex, but that in itself is also a pleasure. Now, with any of these positions, the best thing is to take time. You've got to take it slow. Gentlemen, you've got to take it slow. You get all excited and I know you just really, like it feels so good, you just can't, but you have to. Patience. Try taking the edge, try edging yourself, getting close and stopping so that when you're with your lady and you feel like you're getting close, but she needs you to slow down, you can. It all takes time to go slow. Figure out, does this fit? Can I push here? Nope. Okay, that doesn't work. We do have issues with plus size and it just depends upon your body shape. Maybe you have a larger backside, so you're more up on your knees. Maybe your knees hurt. Maybe you have back problems and you can't bend that way. Try using a pillow for support. Putting a pillow up underneath your thighs, up underneath your knees while he's on top helps elevate so that you get that curve and that C-shape without necessarily holding your weight above you. Um, Using extra bedroom tools such as silk rope, satin rope, things that are necessarily that aren't necessarily for bondage. Light bondage works, if that's something you're into, but they could help you hold your own feet. They could help you hold your legs. It doesn't have to necessarily be about the non-vanilla. Although, as an advocate, if that's something you want to try, go for it. Why not? Just because you're plus size doesn't mean that you can't have a little bit extra fun. You're right. The lingerie to find is hard. Also, the sex toys that fit to find are kind of hard. But we're going to do the best that we can and providing some links below for some very body-friendly sized uh, products to help people out. Have you ever had an experience, a sexual experience with a man that was like bad or terrible or has he ever made any comments about your body during intercourse, whether that's negative or bad? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say that I've had a run-of-the-mill of experiences. Um... And that comes from 
having partners that I did not see the red flags. I didn't see that they were just there for a hookup, that they weren't necessarily into larger plus size bodies or that they were um, maybe in an inebriated state. Um, I've had people who I've talked to online, which is a lot of the things that we do, right? We social media and they're like, oh, you catfished me. You're so beautiful. You're so gorgeous. And then when they see me, they're like, oh, I didn't know you were this fat. And I'm like, well, I said I was a plus size, you know, I let you know I was thick with a few extra C's in there. <laughs> oh, well, um, I had a gentleman that I guess you would say he's not a gentleman who said, oh, I didn't realize you were obese. Um, good luck with that. Uh, and this was on a friend app. This wasn't even for sex. This was just looking for somebody to connect with on a friendship level that had the same interests, such as wow. gaming, trying to find a, a gaming partner that wants to play a certain game. Mm -hmm. um, in the bedroom specifically, yeah. I would say no. Mm -hmm. And I would say that is because the person who wanted to be with me was interested in knowing, like, you see your fat before you take the clothes off, it's not going to disappear. Your bulk is not going to leave with right. clothing. Mm -hmm. um, but there have been many a heartbreak where they have gotten theirs and they haven't paid attention to me as a woman to help me get mine. I don't think that that's specific to body size. I think that's just a gentleman oh, versus a woman and how men who are gentlemen will take care of their ladies first. Um, but then on that note, and, and speaking about that, um, let's throw in the mix that you do need lube, that a good quality lubricant is definitely important. Um, it doesn't mean that you're not excited and you're not there, but everybody's different. Every body is different. And every time of the month due to our cycle changes, that lubrication changes depending upon what's going on. So in the bedroom, I haven't had that, but maybe leading up to it, maybe being at a party, maybe a guy's interested, he starts talking and then he sees a full body pic and he's like, whoa, okay, no. On the contrary, or rather on the opposite side of the spectrum, I have had many gentlemen who have been much smaller than me say, oh, I like a girl. I like a thick girl. I like a thick woman. I have had... Uh, a close friend of mine who he told me the story that when it was his third or fourth time being with a woman having intercourse, he was with a plus size woman and she absolutely rocked his world. And he's like, wow, she wanted to try things. She was really willing to give. She was really willing to just kind of explore how things go. She was listening to what I had to say. She was eager to please and he has told me that he's never gone back. He only now likes plus size girls. He's just not interested in somebody who his culture deems as normal sized or on the smaller size. Um, he says that he feels that there's just a whole lot more fun. And the reasons behind it is most plus size women have had some kind of stigma, some kind of self-esteem issue. And so we tend to be very generous, but we also tend to be shy and insecure and what he loves is to bring the security out he loves to just absolutely 
praise. I had probably a praise kink in there, and you know, love him for it, bless him. Um, but telling his girls how beautiful or his women how beautiful they are, and telling them how much he loves their curves and this belly, and he loves the belly. Show me the belly, you know. Show me your back, and and let me see those thighs, and crush my head, please, and <laughs> all kinds of things. But he he really praises the women's body, and I I see it in some of the artwork he has in his house, and he's like, it's just. He loves the beautiful body, the Venus de Milo, right? The larger woman. I've had a gentleman conversations with, not him himself. I've had conversations with a gentleman who says, if she doesn't weigh more than me, I just don't feel like she's a real woman. Like she's supposed to bear my kids. He's, he's a little older. He's a little older than us. And he's looking for a partner to start a family with. But that's where his mindset's at. He said, they're so attractive. The thicker thighs, the bigger bellies, the hip-bearing, the, the child-bearing hips that, like, put a baby on each side. Like, he finds that so incredibly sexy. So to all of our listeners out there, there is definitely somebody for you. Um, let's, let's talk about our plus-size boys. There is not enough love for the dad bods. Mm-hmm. And yet we have some really gorgeous models. Insert here. Really gorgeous models with these dad bods that are doing great jobs. And, and there's lots of women who like those. There's lots of women who like the dad bods. Like the six-pack and the abs, and the gentleman opens his mouth, and he doesn't sound like he's a very respectful man. But you got the softer dad bod who knows how to cook you a dinner and who wants to cuddle with you on the couch with popcorn and who is soft and squishy to lean against and nice and warm. Absolutely. There is... There is no shame in that. As a 23-year-old, I think that's one of my biggest challenges is, for me, I am shy. Like, I am such a shy lover. I'm such a shy kisser. Mm -hmm. I am so shy. But just me as a person, like my personality, believe it or not, I'm just like overall so shy. And if I'm seeing a guy or I'm like, even like sometimes holding his hand or holding on to him or like kissing his neck or his lips, like I'm Mm. just so shy. So I really need that guy that's like a good balance. And how do I overcome this shyness? How do I overcome like being open and being vulnerable? I feel like for me, that's been really hard too, where it's like he will compliment me so much. For me, it's just so hard to like, I don't know. I just get very shy and I don't know how to overcome it. Okay. Okay. So then let's give some advice here. Let's give some advice um, to our male listeners or to maybe the guys that are being sent this podcast. Because their girls are plus size and they want them to hear this. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to our male listeners. Absolutely praise your girls. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a plus size male or a plus size lover male, praise your plus size girls. Let's, let's go even deeper. Let's not just talk about her hair and her eyes. Let's talk about how smart she is. Let's mm-hmm. tell her, you're so sweet to me and I love the way you smile and your giggle and how you hide your face and like, Oh my gosh, your shyness just is adorable. Let's talk about the inner things that we can bring out. Let's talk about personality. But at the same time, it's like, oh, I just want to grab your ass. Oh, I love this. What is this? A spare tire? No, this is a handle. This is so I can hold on to you and like <laughs> hold you while I'm, I'm loving you. This is so that I can grab on and know that like we are connected. Tell her how much you love these pieces. And it it shouldn't just be our our stereotypical erogenous zones. Let's not just talk about our boobs and our ass and our Mm. pussy. (gasps) 
our, our vaginas and our vulvas. Like, tell me my thighs are nice. Tell me they like the big calves. Tickle my feet. Do things that show that I'm more than just the erogenous zones of who I am. No, totally. And I feel like when it comes to, like, love languages, too, of course, we have, like, words of affirmations. Um, what is it? Gifts. Service. Uh, service. Uh, what is the other one? I can't remember. There's a, there's a few of them. I think it, it's it's kind of like a common thing where when it comes to us, us plus-size individuals, I think reassurance and words of affirmation is, like, up there. For me, it's, like, I see them all as equal. Like, I need to have all of them, like, number <laughs> one or else, like, I'm not interested personally. But that's just me. But I think words of affirmation is, like, very, very important where it's, like, I like to hear these things. And sometimes in the beginning, it may be hard for me to, like, say them back because I'm just shy or I'm just like still trying to get comfortable with you or or accept a compliment Yeah, where we've been put down by our own family for being too fat. Don't eat that piece of bread. Go and exercise. Oh, you shouldn't be doing this. That having those, those, uh, praises and even giving a compliment is, is very difficult to accept in some of our, some of our circles of life. And so Cause when we're you so praise her, to, yeah, because we're so used to hearing the opposite, like growing up or whatever, where it's like whether it's family, friends, or just meeting people at school. And so be aware that sometimes when you throw those compliments, she might not believe them because she doesn't believe in herself and just keep persisting. And, and it's difficult, it definitely is difficult, especially when you are the new lover or the first time lover to a plus size person and they're not used to being treated so well. They're not used to being praised for their belly and their arm fat and their thick thighs, but you love it. Just persist. And that's where communication comes in. I don't know how to accept this. I've never really had that. Okay, well, I will do my best, but at some point I'm going to be tired of you telling me that you don't like my compliments because you don't believe them. Okay, well, then I'm going to work on trying to accept them and realizing that if you see me this way, then this is how I am. And so it, it comes down to that communication. No, yeah, a thousand percent. I feel like we definitely started the conversation with communication and we're closing it out now with communication. So it's kind of like, I feel like the overall theme of the episode is just communication, not being so maybe closed-minded and just having those uncomfortable conversations. I just want to thank Kayla so much for her time this episode. This is definitely not the first and only time we're going to have Kayla on the podcast. I would love to hear your questions. I would love to see comments and questions below that maybe we can answer on future podcasts. Mm -hmm. I would love to see more. um, I would love to see more plus size women come into their own. I would love to see them ignore the hate from people that tell them they can't eat that burger that can't, Uh, wear what they want to wear and still feel sexy, that that belly hanging out is fabulous. Um, Another story is I know this woman who absolutely loves the larger body type and the people that she goes for look like little Buddhas. And I didn't realize that at first when I met her. And then I started to see who the people she was hanging out with and who she thought was attractive. And I was like, wow, okay, so you genuinely love the plus size community. And that was empowering. That was really sweet to see that it wasn't a one-off. It wasn't just a one person. And it starts with learning to love yourself. The communication and sex together should always be a pair. 
communication and sex is key, whether it's a one-night hookup or not. You have to ask permission. You have to ask, okay, so do you have protection, um, STD protection or not? Do you want to have kids in that relationship? Do you not want to have kids? Like, all of it comes down to communication. thousand percent. And this may be a series, too, where we come back and we keep on tackling those questions, that conversation about, you know, having sex, having intimacy as a plus as an individual. So, again, I want to thank Kayla so much for being on the podcast as I myself have felt like I learned so much. So I'm very happy, very grateful. And follow me on Instagram at 11SB. And, again, thank you so much, and we'll talk soon.